Friends and neighbors, comrades of all shapes and sizes and genders, welcome to Last Minute Politics. I am Pepper Coyote. I'm Dragor. Hello. We have a, a couple of exciting things going on today. We have a, we were doing a call-in with a real-life Canadian because we're going to talk about Canada a little bit today for, uh, hey, you probably already guessed the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I want to start out with a, I have, I have like a local opener thing. I didn't even realize this was going on until it was pointed at me by somebody else, which is sad because it's only like one town away from me in kind of a sprawly suburby, the Phoenix Valley things. So really, it's like the... Uh, uh, a legion, a legion <laughs> attached to the city that I live in, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, there's a there was a Starbucks unionization vote happening today. Well, actually, the vote did happen, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, would you be surprised that Starbucks is like mad about <laughs> a couple of its stores unionizing and does not want uh, those stores to unionize because it would materially hurt their ability to exploit their workers <laughs> and such. Uh, so. The vote, there was one in, a, what was it, Buffalo, New York, like a couple, of, a couple of individual Starbucks locations have unionized, or at least they passed the union vote to like start <laughs> to move on with the process. In Mesa, the vote happened, but Starbucks has gotten the, like the count has been delayed and the ballots have been like Im- impounded. <laughs> so the ballots are being By kept who? away in secret ballot jail. Uh, the national labor relations board. Okay. So, so not Starbucks. These... Like that was my concern, right? Starbucks asked the relations board to do it. And they did. <laughs> so that's so like, concerning. that's what I mean. It's not that Starbucks directly is doing the thing, but Starbucks goes to the daddy organization. That's supposed to uh, help out the workers. Uh, workers. And who do you think's requests are more frequently honored? <laughs> So the the reason they're it's being impounded is the Starbucks wants to you can have the vote by location or you can do like a bunch of locations voting at once or they can all be counted individually. So if you like 10 store votes and like there could be a situation where individual stores, so maybe only some of those 10 will go and some will go the other way or you mush, smush them all into one vote uh, depending on which one Starbucks thinks it can like gerrymander a better result in. And then you remember that Starbucks as a company can just like swap employees in, out and around and they can basically, what is it, pack and st- they can straight up gerrymander their own union elections it sounds like. Like, am I a stew for assuming that that's a thing they probably could do since they are given the power to do so. That sounds exactly like what they want to try to do. So we're hoping that that the uh, results of this election are pro-union and we're just waiting for this be it. Because they did the exact same thing in the Buffalo one and it didn't work out. And uh, they lost, like, <laughs> the, the union effort succeeded. And I hope that happens also in Mesa. But uh, hey, be on the lookout. There, You might have a Starbucks location near you that is trying to unionize. And if they're is strike activity and you have the resources to support the people on strike, like monetarily or through food or if they're strike funds, uh, do that. That would be really cool. And now I'm I'm almost, I'm not hoping that there's stuff I can, oh crap, can I go down to Mesa and like be a part of some like union shit? I, I want that, but that also would mean that there would be further fighting with Starbucks and I want them to just succeed easily and just be a union with no uh, bullshit <laughs> in the way. But it seems unlikely. As I like to say these days, fingers and buttholes crossed on the behalf of forming a union. This is happening all over the country at various Starbucks locations. See if there's one near you that is trying to unionize. So, hey, 
we have our uh, I already mentioned that we have a we have a caller on the, a caller on the line. We sound like I sound like we're a radio show. But uh, things are going down in Canada. You've probably heard about the free, Freedom Convoy trucker protest uh, things going on in Canada. The, to briefly summarize for our American audience who might not know, Ottawa, the the capital of Canada, has been uh, in a continuous state of street protest for a couple weeks now, like I think two or three weeks at this point, where people uh, protesting mask mandates. Uh, it was initially started as it was. I think all truckers who are working across the border, like if you're coming into Canada as a trucker, it is it was or would be required by the Canadian government that you were vaccinated. So initially it was protesting that. And from there it has spun into all kinds of shit. <laughs> but long story short, Ottawa has been under a, a, a very uh, a light form of siege, I guess, for the last few weeks with a bunch of people in the streets honking horns. Uh, there have been a few violent incidents there, all kinds of things have been going down. Like, Dragor, what have you heard about? The fireworks downtown to continue to do the disruptions, uh, the raids on the homeless pantries. They're, they're uh, blocking border crossings between the U.S. and Canada in several spots. Not all of them, but uh, there's one, like, in was it like Nebraska, like, center of the country that they're blocking out. Uh, one's near the one uh, in Michigan that goes from, what is that, the tiny town that's, like, right across oh, from Detroit. It. It's, Windsor? It's like you no. can look at it from there. Yeah, I think it was Windsor. Like, there's activity in Windsor, uh, which has, like, oh, we have really tiny streets in Windsor, so a single truck can basically block our entire town. I want to talk about this. Like, what have you heard of this, Dragor? Like, do you have any opinions before I start throwing out only mine? So I don't, I truly, <laughs> it's been hard for me. Personal life stuff, I have not really dug into all that much. So it's more like what I hear from you and other people. So it's take everything with more salt than I usually say. But the impression is media wants to shape it in such a way where it is like a BLM or they keep calling it a protest and things like that. And my gut reaction is when I hear truckers and protest, I'm like, ah, oh, that, that sounds like the proletariat by default. Yeah. And as I continue to learn more and more and more, even at this high level without that many details, holy shit, what is going on? So I briefly mentioned the raid on homeless food pantries. I don't know the percentage or like how much it's directly related to what's going on, but a bunch of people have shown up to at least one homeless shelter food pantry and was not only taking those things when they did not need them and were not in fact homeless, but also prevented homeless people from getting to it. Wow. So you'll hear the word reactionary thrown around a lot, both on uh, the right and especially if you talk about like socialist discourse and like, oh, the blah, 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 Canada is a reactionary. And I've, I've heard that word all over the place for years. And I think only recently has it sunk in exactly like what that even means. <laughs> like when people are saying it, I'm trying to use it accurately. So the general reaction I've seen, and this is where I'm bringing up the term reactionary here. Imagine that party X is in support of a thing. And you do not like Party X. The reactionary take is just to go, oh, they say thing good. I'm just going to say thing bad. <laughs> it's it, it's you have the you try to be the equal and opposite reaction to the thing like, oh, I've uh, I've eaten spoiled food. The reaction is to remove that spoiled food from my body. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you end up in strange, you end up like tying yourself into like ideologically weird knots in this case, because 
one reaction has been like for years and years we've heard uh like people of color bad like f- throughout most of american history like that's what like all, white people sit in schools and you get the general message of oh yeah black people are having a bad time because black people are just bad they just don't know how to like run their communities and all that shit so then the reaction to that is black people good which is i would argue better <laughs> than bad but it's also like a weird way to go about it you're still like you're projecting a moral quality onto an entire group of people like it's not that black people are good or black people are bad it's that black people are people and have the exact same issues as every other person editor's note when i say the exact same issues as every other person i'm referring to water food shelter access to medical care education uh, things like that yeah there uh, i actually was taught this in school i think late grade school middle school so that would be you know like fifth grade or between uh six and eighth and that's where there was the first time i learned about like the concept of positive stereotyping and that it still is in fact harmful but is overall less harmful than negative stereotyping and the most common the one that was brought up that stuck with me i don't know how much this is true anymore but asians are good at math What does being born Asian have to do with your math education? What's more likely? There's a genetic component to math that only Asians seem to have, or this stereotype comes from countries that actually invest in their education system, so they are just statistically producing people that understand math better. Gee, I wonder. That's one of my favorite ones, because it has a, I don't know, relatively short little... So why, why do, like, cause that comes from, like, Asian college students, right? Like, everyone ever meets, like, exchange students who, wow, I'm in the engineering department, and these exchange students are, like, kicking our ass. And then you, you, you forget the element of, like, survivor bias. How can a Chinese uh, citizen or, you know, p- people from whatever country end up in an American Ivy League university? Is that just, like, any random Chinese person off the street? No, those are people who can afford to get their kid across an ocean into a university like this, pay the tuition. Like, yeah, they might get some help or sometimes even like the government is thrown out there, but the sample size is skewed. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like foreign exchange students are not an even like bisection of a population. (laughs) So like there are outside factors going back to my vomit thing. If your reaction to eating spoiled food, Oh, we should vomit up that food where if you think a little deeper, maybe the solution is we should refrigerate the food (laughs) before we eat it. So it doesn't spoil. I'm trying to stay away from reactionism, especially in this, uh, in this trucker thing. I'm trying not to go, ah, people are saying truckers bad. So I'm going to go truckers good (laughs) because that's all so weird. Like by virtue of being a trucker, that doesn't make you quote unquote good or bad. And there's so much moralizing going on around the thing where like, the, the material issues are, are, I guess, rarely brought up. I think what's uh, interesting and important in this one, especially lately, a lot of us talk about, you know, uh, technology companies, especially me, because that's my career. And so what's the difference between, you know, truckers and a software engineer? Well, gut reaction, the truckers are a part of a multi-country infrastructure of delivery. So, like, regardless of what you think about it, anything that happens to that infrastructure has the potential to have real-world immediate impact to a ton of people. Whereas, you know, if my software job goes away tomorrow, it's going to be a fart in the wind. A bunch of investors are going to be unhappy, but it's not going to impact Joe Schmo. 
as I said before, we do have a we have a, a we have our Canadian correspondent on the line. <laughs> um, uh, like last second, I I have a couple of Canadian friends that I talk to, and it's I don't want to just go, following off of what comes out of the state media from either Canada or the U.S. is it's almost definitely going to be a reactionism. You're either going to have one side going like, "Oh, you fuckers!" Like suddenly you hate the working class as soon as they're truckers and support something you don't like, and then you have the opposite going like, "These aren't even really truckers. This is a, a fake blah, blah. and there really is there is actual like big money right wing shit uh, sources funding it from the U.S. from Canada. Yeah, that does exist. Is every single person out there like? We all laugh when they go, ah, ha, ha, George Soros paid us all to come out and protest. Are we just going to do a reaction? Go, ah, they're all paid protesters by the right wing. Some of them, probably. All of them? You know what I mean? Okay, uh, before I get to my, my head too far into my own ass, <laughs> I've been asking I've been asking my Canadian friends, like, what do you think is going on? Like, what, what are your takes on this? Uh, and we have somebody who wants to, who we've brought on Shrugs YOLO. Crow Dot Party, if you want to check out their art, and they're going to give us their take. They also live in Ontario, which is where most of the people in Canada live. It's, that's where, like, the protest is its most concentrated. If you're in Vancouver, it may or may not be as big of a deal. Actually, heck, that's something we can talk about. So we're going to bring on Shrugs YOLO. Please forgive uh, yeah, a dip in audio quality. They are uh, on the road headed to a, an, anime con right an anime con right now. I was going to make the joke again, like, they're headed to the freedom protest right now, but that's, you can't make jokes. That Hello. <laughs> Is it working? It is. Hey, cool. Um, hello. Uh, I, I think this whole thing has been, uh, to summarize, shitty, but intensely interesting. And I kind of wish I had the ability to step back and not read or think about it because it's stressful. About it. And, uh, I'm just so used to keeping up with current events that I'm like, man, this looks so much like a crash. I cannot look away. There's so many moving parts of the situation and being kind of in proximity to it uh, certainly helps. Uh, I was actually heading out to Montreal on the Sunday of the first weekend. So I was going to go Friday and I'm like, oh man, everyone's going to be driving on the same stretch of highway that they used to get to Ottawa. So I don't really want to like share the road with that. I don't know what they're going to be like. Um, so I was like a good, maybe like hour away from Ottawa, like while it was getting started. So, but yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Pepper's summarization of, of the situation it was pretty accurate um there was this organization that said hey we're upset that truckers need to be fully vaccinated to cross the border the interesting part of that is that that goes both ways it's not just canada so even if canada went okay you don't need to be vaccinated to cross our border anymore you still do to go back into the states so that was kind of the first guys guys what what like this isn't going to solve the problem you think it will so the organizer uh tamra lich i don't believe she cares about labor rights at all and basically went oh here's this group that owns a lot of big machines that can easily disrupt space physical space why don't like i i think it was more sinister than everyone really thought at the start so they showed up in ottawa and they like ottawa police had advance notice like they knew this was going to happen they did not get the protest permit like typically it's kind of like um polite to get a permit for your protest just so you know cops know what they have to do for like you know fuck cops but so they know how to what roads they have to maybe block or or how many people they have to have kind of floating around and they just did not prepare for this at all um I think it is important to note, though, that like Ottawa is the national capital. Ottawa is used to protest. 
protests happen in downtown Ottawa in front of Parliament Hill. Like, to an extent, that's normal, but it's not normal for them to stick around and dig in their heels this long. Um, it's also not normal for the law enforcement response to be like, oh, but what if they're scary? What if they get violent? Too dangerous. We can't do anything. And it's like, what? 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 You could, you could have done this, right? And the longer it's been left, the more emboldened they've become. The uh, the border crossing in Alberta, so between Alberta and Montana, that only happened like a week or two after the Ottawa protest started. Uh, same with the Ambassador Bridge at the Windsor-Detroit crossing. So if the Ottawa protest was nipped in the bud real quick, I don't think those other two protests would have happened the way that they did. Um, but just on, on the note of media, it, like it's not perfect, but I do think that media has been doing a, a better job of covering this at, at, at what it is. They're like, yeah, like Black Lives Matter and Indigenous land rights protests aren't treated like this. They're taken out like a day or two after they start. It took to get the honking to stop in downtown Ottawa. That took a private court injunction. That was like a 21-year-old downtown Ottawa resident that kicked that off to get them to shush because people couldn't sleep. Um, so... The media's been doing, at least the sources that I, I primarily read and listen to CBC, uh, they've been doing a pretty good job on their radio shows. They've had callers that are very uh, loud and very, um, you know, direct about saying, yeah, Black Lives Matter isn't treated like this. Um, so that's been interesting. Those are the opinions uh, that I sure. find valuable coming out of this, like comparing it to how a leftist or, oh hell, a straight up communist protest, uh, how those actions are treated when indigenous people are out there trying to physically, like, no, this is our this is our area and we are not going to allow the military to come in and to claim it. Yeah, the military just rolls over those fuckers. It'll kill people if they have to, but it's and now you're yeah. seeing, especially recently, just how many cops are kind of, they are in the protest. Like, they are the protest. Yeah. <laughs> the oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this it's, there's so many, there's so many layers to this. Like, I could go on for so long. But, uh, like, just looking at the Ottawa police, um, yeah, there have been cruisers just straight up letting people inside for photo ops. There have been cops bringing them donuts, people, and, and coffee. People have... Uh, video recordings of, of certain officers being like, yeah, man, I agree with them. I see where they're coming from. Uh, and the most recent development, this just happened yesterday, but the Ottawa police chief, Peter Slawley, he actually just resigned. And the mayor of Ottawa is like, he had a reading between the lines. I think he was like, oh, thank God. Uh, and a pretty scathing report came out that, so he asked for um, Ontario Provincial Police, OPP, and RCMP, so the, the federal Royal Canadian Mounted Police. He asked for uh, for backup because he's like, we don't have the resources for this. And the OPP and the RCMP said, okay, we're here. What do you want us to do? And he just kind of went, I don't know, and then argued with them, apparently. Like, he, he's just been kind of a bully with a short fuse. And it's like, wow, who'd have thought that a, a police chief could be a bully with a short fuse? Wow. Uh, I do feel a little bit of sympathy because I know there are officers that have you know, anonymously said to reporters, like, I hate how we're being portrayed, but we're being failed by our own leadership. Um, and obviously, in, in true, like, this is why ACAB is a thing, the officers that are trying to be helpful and useful, obviously aren't even stopping the ones that are, like, not being useful, and the ones who are letting them pose for pictures and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he stepped down, which I think is, like, whoa, crazy. Um, that's very cool. 
Uh, the other big thing that I think, I think this hit American news because I had a few friends message me about this, but we got to use our shiny new Emergencies Act for the first time. Yes. Uh, Justin Trudeau about to peel off the, the protective film like he would do with a new microwave. Very satisfying, I'm sure. Is this is scary to you uh, as it is to us over here? You're growing up. No. Canada's going to become the police state that the U.S. <laughs> is. Here we go. <laughs> no, actually. So the Emergencies Act is is really fascinating to me because it has a lot of built-in like fail-safes. And maybe it'll fall apart. We'll see. But I think what's like it's more interesting that it had to happen and not like that what powers it gives. So the military is not being rolled out. That's not happening. Uh, basically, what it does is it gives the RCMP jurisdiction in areas that were previously handled by local police and provincial police if the local and provincial levels have proven that they cannot deal with the problem. And it's been three weeks, they haven't been able to deal with the problem. Uh, so basically, that just means like, oh, you're driving on the highway, the Ontario Provincial Police would give you a speeding ticket. Well, now the RCMP can give you a speeding ticket um, and can uh, roll out those fines and whatnot. Does this... Uh, it also does have... Real quick, is... Go ahead. My lay reading of it without knowing any of these laws does this mean they still have to yep. adhere to that region's laws like they're just the new enforcers or do they get to act differently like do, do they laws like we have they have to follow local laws as far as i'm aware but they are also able to introduce new ones so what just happened like a couple hours ago today that i, I actually called a local friend was like oh wow this is really cool um, one of the reasons the Ottawa cops were like, well, we can't do anything. There's kids there. They're, they're bringing their kids. We can't we can't go start arresting because what if they get violent and there's kids around? So the Emergencies Act now has a temporary two week long clause that so the Emergencies Act gets renewed and reviewed every two weeks as the situation allows. So if in two weeks it's dealt with, it's done. We don't have it like turned on anymore. Uh, but the new rule they just said was that you're not allowed to bring kids under the age of 18 to your protest. And if you do, that is now an arrestable offense. So this is going to sound like I'm going to I'm defending like I'm defending the the wrong side. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Please, everybody listening. Try to remember talking about reactionism don't, without trying to moralize this thing. Uh, if we take comparable protests, it's it's almost it's weird seeing how little self-awareness there is, especially on the American left. I can't really speak for Canadian uh, Canadians as much, but seeing people's reactions to the 2020 U.S. Uh, anti-police brutality protests, there were many, many times where as a stunt, and I, I, I'm not going to say if I agree or disagree about it, but as a tactic, we had, what was it, the wall of moms. We had people bringing kids to protest and be like, look, the cops will just punch a child. And the so <laughs> seeing the flip be like, look at these right-wing people bringing their children to <laughs> it's like as an american like yeah <laughs> we, we do that exact same shit and i i don't think it's an unvaluable tactic you should if you're in a place where like you're in public and you should just be assumed to be safe because you're just on the streets of seattle or where portland and you just have your your teen with you or your kid whatever you should be able to walk the streets without fear of a cop killing your child suddenly so, and oh, yeah. the kind of thing comes out with the this is not defending these actions you hear about uh like acts of violence coming from protesters you hear the exact same shit when it's a left protest. oh these crazy left-wingers tried to destroy this or try to and yes it's it's def there's definitely like the credibility level is different there's a difference between uh in the u.s like uh, an anarchist will like light the corner of a chunk of plywood on fire and then it gets put out in two <laughs> seconds and that's considered like a terroristic act meanwhile in canada yeah <laughs> bring a huge box of explosives into a fucking apartment lobby and then tried to seal people in and set it off. 
that's not good. <laughs> that's not good, and they are very disproportionate, but being treated equally, at least in American media. Well, you see the proportion of response. Like, <laughs> the corner of the plywood on fire. They they tear gassed the entire downtown for like four months straight. Kind of sort of try to blow up an apartment building. Ah, whatever. You can just keep hanging out <laughs> the next two weeks. Oh, yeah. No, that guy was probably a cop who fucking did the thing for all we know. <laughs> oh, there, there was. Did you hear about the attempted arson that happened in Ottawa? Is this different from the blowing up the apartment building? Well, they're setting the fire in the apartment building. Yeah, that one. I, yeah. It wasn't even a cop that, like, saw it. It was just a random passerby that, like, exactly. then called the cops to be like, hey, um, uh... Seize on deal that. with this, please. Seize on the fact that all of the positives coming out of this are from random civilians doing shit. Like the horn honking oh, was yeah. some twenty-one-year-old random dude. The this tragedy got averted by some random person. <laughs> like the institutions are not yeah. doing any of the protecting, even if you want to get to that no. point. And now we're turning around like no, institutions, please do your fucking job. <laughs> While we know that these yeah. institutions are incapable of doing that job because they're not like actually set up to protect us. No, there's even been uh, quite a few. Um, just Ottawa civilians going and blocking the road and saying, no convoy, like, fuck off. You can't come down this road. And I'm like, well, how come the cops are sitting here going like, oh, scary. But then you just have the civilians going like, fine, we'll do it ourselves then. Um, is what I hope continues out of this is people get the attitude of if we want change done, we have to go do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, the other point on the emergencies act I wanted to mention before I forget is that I think there is maybe some historical baggage as to why it took so long to like use it or there was, I mean, it's a big act. It, it grants really, really big federal power. And I get the, I get the like, Oh, that's, that's maybe not good. Um, there, there was talk of using it during COVID a couple of times, but we got through two years of that without having to use it. Um, but Trudeau's father, so Pierre Elliott Trudeau was prime minister a while ago, like before I was born. Uh, he's since passed away, but he used the old version of the Emergencies Act. It was the War Measures Act, I believe. Um, and that was called our October Crisis, TLDR. There was a um, uh, lo like domestic terrorism thing happening. Um, and he dealt with that. And there's this like famous little line where uh, he was like, yeah, I'll roll out the military. Just watch me. It's on YouTube. If you type in Trudeau, just watch me. You'll, you'll get the line. Um, so I think... Justin Trudeau was a little like, oh, fuck, fuck's sake, I don't want to, like, have everyone going like, oh, his dad did the same thing, and now he's going to do it. Um, but ultimately, the local and provincial governments and forces proved incapable of handling the situation. Therefore, the uh, the federal had to step in. But I do think there was some historical baggage there where it was like, oh, I don't want to do it. Well, Shrugs, thank you very much for being our Canadian correspondent today. We'll probably have you on yeah. in the future for more as this continues. If it's still going in two yeah, weeks, yeah. we'll probably check back in. Oh, um, the one other thing I think is interesting uh, in all of this, because this might lead to something else. Um, the mayor of Ottawa was like, okay, convoy organizers, if I meet with you, will you kind of go away a little bit? Will you will you let our downtown citizens like live a, a normal life? And they were kind of like, yeah, I guess, okay. And then they kind of backpedaled out of it. And I, I suspect the organizers are afraid to show that they don't have control over the situation anymore. Because I think if the organizers go, okay, guys, everybody clear out, a bunch of them are going to be like, well, I'm out, no, I'm not going anywhere. I don't know if you all yeah. saw the Twitter so thread of, uh, like, their different communication platforms clearly being infiltrated and sabotaged. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> 
Thanks again for being here, Shrugs. And if you want to see their art or support them financially, go to crow.party. They sell a shit ton of very cool uh, mouse pads, prints, pins, all kinds of stuff. And the art is very good. Bye. 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 Let me spin into this Marx shit about Yay. the Canadian protest. And this is the end of it. Uh, this is the end of my, my uh, opinions on it, at least. Let's talk about what the protest is supposed to be about. Let's have an actual little good faith conversation about, Absolutely. I don't know, anti-vax people, I guess we would say. So, like, facts that are true. <laughs> Big Pharma has made a shit ton of money from our vaccines, like the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. Like, these companies undoubtedly have been able to extract a fuck ton of money from our various governments. The U.S. government is just cutting, has been cutting them blank checks forever, which is a thing we do with the big pharma industry all the time. The U.S. does not accept certain vaccines as, like, real. So if we're talking about, oh, you have to be vaccinated to cross the border, some of these, it's not a huge number, but there are at least a couple of these truckers who have a vaccine. If you're a Russian-born trucker and you got the Russian Sputnik vaccine and you try to cross the border, they'll be like, oh, sorry, your vaccine does not count for some reason. If you have the Chinese vaccine, same thing. And the official line will be, oh, we don't know if that vaccine actually works or not. Well, we have science and it's been years and you can study it and we will have studied it and it doesn't seem like China's injecting people with Kool-Aid and calling it a vaccine. It's seems 5G, like a real vaccine. Pepper, injecting 5G. <laughs> well, no, theirs doesn't have the 5G. That's why it's unacceptable in North America. <laughs> Same thing with Cuba. Cuba has its own vaccine. That one doesn't count for some reason. And now Mexico, like they get most of their vaccine. They have a lot of the Sputnik one like floating around because they got it earlier and Russia was like, sure, have some vaccine in Mexico, whatever. So now like Mexican citizens are like, please, WHO, World Health Organization, recognize our vaccine so we can go to the US because we have that rule right now. So if we're talking about like, we just want get, we just want people to get vaccinated. Well, that's not entirely true, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Omicron shows that simply being vaxxed, in fact, does not stop COVID spread. If we keep forcing people into close proximity, like in workplaces and keep having big events that force people to go to work to make those big events happen. Well, let's address that really quick, right? Uh, what do what do fur cons and what have we all learned and that we knew and were told just as COVID was starting? Masks. The, the only thing that actually works more than anything else as a preventative, and I'm emphasizing preventative, is masks. The best thing you can do for yourself to not die outside of the preventative measures is be fully vaccinated, so if you do get it, you don't get hospitalized or worse. So there's a chart floating around, and we've known since the beginning, Fauci and everyone else, if you can get N95s, KN95s, these will do what needs to be done. And what, what do we get to um, two and a half years later? Yeah, uh, if you want to be near someone or have to be near someone, if everyone's wearing N95s correctly, there's little to no risk. So we've known this, right? That still is not part of this discussion or part of the equation. So it's not just, do we want people to be vaccinated? And the answer is asterisk the details we've just discussed. But there isn't even an addressing holistically of the problem, which is what we've said since the beginning. Pause the world for two to four weeks, and it is eradicated. I don't want to act like 
oh, we should just do exactly what China does, and then everything would be fine. Do you know how many actual, like, do a guess here. How many uh, people do you think died of uh, COVID in China in 2021, in the entire calendar year of 2021 in China? How many COVID deaths do you think there were? Uh, 100,000. It's three. There were three COVID deaths in China. In all of 2021, they they had some deaths, like in the early starts, it was like a couple hundred deaths. If you look at their cases, they barely ever topped a thousand new cases in a single day. And this is a country of one point, like what, 1.6 billion people? Yeah. It's more than a billion fucking people. What does China do as their COVID measures? Yes, they have vaccines and they made their own vaccine. It's available. People can get the vaccine. Uh, extreme targeted lockdowns all the shit that you see at the at the olympics like oh i was at this hotel bar and i was served by a chinese citizen in a full hazmat suit how dystopian it's like you know what's more dystopian dying hundreds of thousands of dead people <laughs> exactly and the most the biggest argument I'll get is like oh look at china here's the, the the examples of how they've gone too far with covid restrictions and it's stories like oh this four-year-old had to quarantine separate from their family because covid every it's story like, okay. is yeah no one died and everyone's safer and they get to they, get back to yeah. normal sooner did they put the four-year-old in a blender afterwards? <laughs> like, no you had to do a quarantine that's a little sad because it's hard to explain to a four-year-old how like disease works and why they can't be with their mom but they didn't like beat the four-year-old the whole time during quarantine like they provided them with food somewhere to stay and they made sure they could safely return to their family that doesn't seem crazy to me that seems like the kind of things leftists over here leftists are like saying we should do it's not even leftist that's what the science and doctors say i don't want to conflate this with left or right i'm not a fucking phd i have all of these opinions formed over well these are what the doctors i don't know say and i do have an epidemiologist friend who does take the time to explain this to our group and like gee evidence mounts massively backing this up therefore based on these trusted methods i form an opinion this has nothing to do with leftism other than statistically leftists seem to engage with the scientific method more. I don't know. I don't even have numbers to back that up, but that's just a, it seems that way. So let's look at, I just linked this thing in the chat. And hey, if you join us on Patreon for only a dollar a month, you can see all the, link, the links we throw into chat. But this is from Human Rights Watch and the headline, this is from, uh, what is it? September of last year, September 28th, 2021. China's use of force and coercion to drive up its COVID-19 vaccination rate is not the answer. So keeping in mind that we, so what, what are people advocating for now? What is a vaccine mandate? If it is not force, would you consider that coercion? Would you consider that a use of force and coercion? Yes. <laughs> like if we're looking at this and not trying to go, ah, oh, China's doing it. So it's bad. Whatever is happening in China is bad automatically. <laughs> and then in the story if you go down and read the article what they describe is there's a guy who they like held down and made him get the vaccine and if i don't think we should be holding down people and vaccinating them forcibly no they had three fucking deaths last year three all year and it's like they, oh, had, they, had, to hold they had less if deaths they <laughs> to covid in their country than individuals i know that aren't here anymore if my option is to hold, if I hold down an old man in America and vaccinate him and then we get three deaths all year, I call it worth it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that is an ethical discussion that I, we should not get into right now. Everything has to be a trolley problem, right? Everything. I know, right? But <laughs> in this case, at, it is easy to say. 
did he die? Was was there at risk? No, 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 no. He didn't want it, and that is that's still in its microcosm. Like I still have a problem with it, but three deaths? I fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with these results and then people will be like ah oh, but china lies about its numbers i'm like yeah but you also say the u.s lies about its numbers and they both probably do to an extent but do you think china's like oh we actually had 700 million covid deaths and we're saying it's three and just like it just hasn't got out like whose propaganda are you buying yeah like yeah don't buy chinese propaganda necessarily but u.s does propaganda too and if you are going like ah when the u.s does it it's fine and when china does it it's bad you are being a as lenin describes a social chauvinist you're deciding that you like one version of the ruling class better than another and you're hoping that your particular ruling class like wins yeah <laughs> because yeah. america and freedom <laughs> you need the freedom to be forced to go to your mcdonald's shift where there are no mask mandates no vaccine mandates everyone's allowed to do whatever the fuck they want uh where in china and you have to buy your own PP, uh, ppe whereas in china they're like oh this dystopian hell hell country where their workers are in uh government provided ppe and they get free testing and if they do get COVID, they quarantine and then the government provides for their food and stuff. And yeah, the system isn't perfect. And I can definitely, you can definitely find examples of people who like either didn't get their food on time or certain localities where this did just did not go smoothly. It is nothing compared to hundreds of thousands of dead people. And it's weird to watch people try and act like they're the same thing. Yeah. Ooh. Or that it's worse. Like, it'd be worse. Oh, oh I'd rather the have these hundreds one. of thousands. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we got into it. Did you get your uh, COVID test from Biden? Oh, I actually did. Did you learn about how that was a lie? Oh, Jesus Christ. Tell me. So if you go read those tests and how to actually use them, uh, if you are susceptible or you test positive on the first one, it is meant to be two tests per person because that's how these oh, tests work. Oh, yeah. Yes. That I, I actually, yeah. So again, loud and clear. Fuck Joe Biden. We're sending four tests, and by four tests, we really mean two tests, but... <laughs> no, no, it was four tests, but the messaging was, test four members of your household. That is a lie. It's four if they're all negative, but yeah, if you like you said, if you get a positive, you you should use the other one to do a backup to, <laughs> to see if you then, oh, if the second one's negative, uh, hmm, what's going on? You might have got a false positive, but then if you get a false negative, uh, uh, <laughs> just just move on with your life and hope that you're fine. Yeah, but I did get my free tests. Like the government sending people free tests is good. It is good. I but I, like my point bad. is of the messaging and propaganda. We were all told we were getting. You can get four free tests, and to every layperson, it's oh well, four of us in the household. If we have a problem, we have four tests. We're good, and that is not Once. true. That is a lie. Well, everybody, I don't want to stay on that. We've Jesus we spent fucking half an hour on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good <laughs> exactly uh, one topic. But the only reason we're talking about all this, none of these are black and white issues. You don't going back to the Canadian protest. You don't get to choose your proletariat, and any of these movements could f spin into something good or something bad. Like we were saying, as soon as this kind of sort of got off the ground, right wing weirdos latched onto it immediately they started pumping money into it immediately which gives them huge influence over like the direction of the thing that could have instead been met by a bunch of communists who were like hey everybody we see that you're mad about like some of the shit you're mad about is valid let's talk about it what are the actual solutions yes it is bullshit that this is happening yes it is bullshit that the canadian because the canadian covid response has been better than the u.s's but not like by a ton no <laughs> uh, they're still not handing out people their checks uh freaking shrugs has to work a retail job and they complain all the time about how like lack of protections that they are feeling it's not black and white 
<laughs> don't find yourself be try not to be reactionary So uh, I've been collecting stuff. Anyone who has been following our little show here knows even if we trim our topics list, we rarely get through all of it. So I have a list of things, and I am going to read a little blurb. I've written some of my own copy. I'll read a quote if it's necessary. And if there's a short response, Pepper, you have, or anyone in the chat, share it. But this is like a radio newsbreak headlines segment. And uh, I have a lot of them, so we'll see how many I do. Uh, this is going back a little bit, but uh, Dan Price, the millionaire who raised the minimum salary for any employee in his company to $70,000, tweets about how the United States budget for the military is over $700 billion every year to, quote, bring democracy to other countries, unquote. But we can't even pass a bill at home to increase democracy. In the thread, a person in the Navy writes about trying to replace an ID card. The building is in disrepair, there isn't availability, and every department is facing budget cuts. Where is all of this money going? Blackwater. <sighs> uh, in the UK, more straight than gay people are getting diagnosed with HIV for the first time in over a decade. Throughout the pandemic, queer folk have routinely been some of the highest vaccinated and compliant with masking. On top of that, now with Truvada and similar medications being the norm among these queer populations, this isn't that all surprising to me. Uh, you have seen a lot of this go around where people are sharing this particular article, and it is just in the UK. It is not global. It does not apply to the United States. There have been snarky comments where, oh, straight people get HIV worse for the first time and suddenly AIDS is cured. Like, don't get me wrong. There is a long history of, there's, <laughs> long history. There's a shitload of graves from the uh, intentionally bad handling of this. But like mid-90s onward, a ton of people have been pouring themselves into research for this and it's just, it lined up. This shows you what happens when you try to moralize an illness, because that was the whole thing, right? It's yes. like, ah, this is the disease of the dirty gays who are bad, and this is their divine punishment is HIV. And uh, yeah, over time, that sure has been proved to be uh, wrong. <laughs> this is, there's another tweet. I'm going to just read the quote of the tweet. The 90s saw an influx of black shows, movies, etc. Sometimes I wonder if that was the concession after the Rodney King uprisings, much like the focus on black black pop culture after the George Floyd protests. A vicious cycle of visibility over policy while policing remains the same. Uh, most recently oh. that I'm aware of, I mean, this is unfortunately common. The police murdered a sleeping black man because they went to the wrong address. If this kicks off another round of protests, watch out for virtual signaling from the media. We see it regularly. Uh, this is, I think I finally realized why my... Uh, my previous leaning into, well, if you're queer, Democrats matter, and it's this. It's, it's basically visibility only, and visibility still is important, but it's nothing compared to actually doing meaningful policy changes. After we had the the big spike in Asian hate crimes, there was there were like a couple Netflix shows that come out. It's like discussing Asian hate, and a bunch of uh, already very wealthy Asian actors got a payday because they got to talk about it. Like a bunch of uh, a bunch of black people were in the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, we have a gay secretary of transportation. None of these things do 
anything for members of these marginalized groups who are just like at home living their everyday lives. They're, they're great for like the individual, uh, very lucky people who might get raised up or uh, uh, an individual job. Like, oh, cool. I got this acting gig <laughs> because of like the series of coincidences. But all those black shows in the 90s didn't do a lot for black rights. Yeah. Having a gay in the white ho- in the fucking near the White House hasn't done a lot for my rights. In fact, that guy's a fucking crook. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't want him anywhere near my government. But hey, Mayor Pete Ryder die, right? Yep. Uh, this headline's fun. Amazon more than doubles its max base pay to $350,000 for corporate and tech workers, citing labor market. Uh, this is just straight up an example of they have always had the ability to pay more. And I promise you, truly, anyone who goes and gets that, if everyone, every tech worker at Amazon went and got that, it would still be a pittance compared to what the owners of Amazon get. Got to keep your lower classes and labor reserve force fighting each other. I don't know how public this is anymore, um, so I'm just going to read it anonymously. Uh, Someone is in the waiting room of a cancer center and a TV is playing informational videos, best foods to eat during chemo, etc. And then they played a clip called Making the Most of Your GoFundMe. I fucking hate everything. Had to watch four minutes of a woman do a YouTube-style explainer video saying, The most successful campaigns are run by a third party, so ask a friend to set one up on your behalf. And the most important thing is to build a narrative to connect with your potential donors. Evil. All of those things are factually true. If you are uh, sick in America, those are things you need to do probably to survive if you don't have the means to just go through our medical system. But that, that is normalized is insane to me. Remember, it was, who was it, like insurance companies starting to go like, here's the uh, amount that we think you should go and try and get from your GoFundMe. Like, that's just like kind of been an official part of uh, insurance nonsense for the last few years. And seeing it from someone you know directly, just, it's like, oh yeah, that is that is real. And that is a thing that happens. Getting cancer is not even the worst part of getting cancer is even the cancer. It's the fucking trying to deal with getting rid of it in a, in a system that refuses to deal with its own medical problems. Talking about what would help with COVID... Give us fucking healthcare would help with COVID. Well, let, let's analyze that really quick. Why? How do we have a society at all where getting cancer isn't the worst part? Like, do you realize what you said? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> it was like a infl- uh, fucking inflammatory statement on purpose. Good. Like having cancer is one thing. Having to deal with paying for your cancer is like. <laughs> uh, next headline. Uh. There were a bunch of early adopters with some experimental cutting-edge technology uh, with bionic eye implants. Uh, There's all sorts of vision vision research that's been going on, and a lot of it is really, really, really cool. And almost all of it has a massive software component on top of, obviously, the hardware. And the company is gone or not doing it, and so people with these implants, uh, they are obsolete and unsupported. So because uh, a company around capital went away, people are screwed. Uh, my commentary about this is, in general, or not even in general, closed source software that you run, and when I say you run, is it is in your house, it is in your body, it is within the domain that is you and yours. Closed source software is unethical 99% of the time. Uh, on behalf of the people who keep it closed. 
this is also increasingly important as wireless implants continue to be used, and we don't know if a wireless reporting pacemaker in someone's heart has a zero-day exploit that could have been reviewed by not the company trying to make a profit off of pacemakers. Man, it sure seems like a lot of these problem of uh, the problems in the U.S. could be solved by even attempting to uh, beef up our medical infrastructure. Like all of the money that we pumped into uh, Pfizer and Moderna, uh, all, all the money that we've pumped into various drug. Re- we know that big med, big med, whether it be pharma or medical devices, like you're talking about now, they have so much money. We pay them so much. Like just the government itself pays them so much money. And then you take all the money they take from private entities, like the people actually trying to get the care. Why don't we just make a medical system that fucking works? Like, we know why. We're Marxists. It's because the people making the money say no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got wow, (laughs) if you really want to get serious about, like, fixing all these anti-vax issues, all these crazy people don't believe in science, like, if you lived here, the conclusions you can pull are, I live in hell, (laughs) or this is bullshit. This must somehow be fake, because there's no way anyone is this evil. (laughs) They are. So, an athlete... Uh, who tested positive for marijuana is banned. There's much more details to it, but high level it's that. Uh, And the tweet compares that with a Russian teen skater cleared to compete despite testing positive for a drug called trimetazine. Heart medication? uh, Which increases blood flow to the heart. Um, What's the difference? Uh, One is a black young adult and the other is a white teenager using some form, and I'm not, I don't mean the teenager, but whatever representation, parents, and legal around it, is using coercion as a defense. Uh, in that thread, there is an image I took, so I'm going to read part of it, but there is precedent for this already, and that the conclusion should be either both should be banned or both should be allowed. Uh, the panel is nevertheless of the view that in order for an athlete to be Bound to anti-doping rules, the issue of age is in principle of no relevance. Accordingly, the fact that the alleged offender was very young at the time of anti-doping control, 13 years old, is in this respect irrelevant. Uh, There's more of this text. You can go in there. But, like, okay, what's going on? We're Marxists. We already know being black and having marijuana near you is disproportionately extremely weaponized against you uh we have the nixon tapes to prove it yeah hey reactionism keeps coming up over so yeah a lot of people end up in this situation where like ah you see she should get in trouble but the other person shouldn't but as Dragor already said uh it kind of seems like in this newer case they're making a, a better call other weirdness in the thing the russian lady her that test like you said when we were 13 it's like more than a year ago like almost two years ago she took a drug test and just now they're like hey we got this drug test from two years ago. I was like, that's fucking weird. Meanwhile, black lady, she did weed like a week before. And within a week, they're like, you're you're banned from all competition for all time. And this is after, uh, what's his face? Michael Phelps being the champion of weed. Yes. Ooh, like if we're going to talk about like there's the obvious uh, argument of marijuana is not a performance enhancing drug for a sprinter. If anything, it is a performance detracting drug. If, As like, Robin Williams gonna... once said, the only way weed is a performance enhancing drug is if there's a big fucking Hershey bar at the end of the track. Like Kobayashi, the hot dog eating guy, that might be a performance enhancing <laughs> drug, I guess. But outside of that, like, what are we actually talking about? Like, it's just a continued, like, oh, weed's scary, bad thing. 
but like the weed scary bad thing is now bumped into the like ah we gotta fuck with russia and make sure like everyone is as mad at russia as possible at all times which isn't me saying russia good current day russia is not the ussr and i don't think oh we're gonna bring lenin back if we just support putin that's fucking not in any way <laughs> what i'm saying but yeah the the fuck around with russia narrative which i think is why they dug up some fucking test from two years ago to try to get this russian lady to not get a gold medal yeah <laughs> like oh yeah by the way that bitch went out and got the gold medal in the middle of this <laughs> at 15 she's 15 years old getting shit on by the entire world she's like all right i'm gonna skate this out yeah yeah <laughs> uh, kind of a baller move <laughs> uh the final headline i have is uh, department of energy to offer six billion dollars to keep struggling nuclear reactors online and I have, I posted the Hacker News comments because there's some interesting discussion that happens in there. Uh, warning, why Combinator? Like, that is venture capitalists. That is capital in the ruling class. But because tech has this leniency to talk about whatever the fuck we want because the internet goes away if a bunch of us queer furries decide it so, we're still allowed to discuss this in a capitalist forum. Uh, the quote from Spooky23. I'm going to read the, the chunk of it. But... Um, as a society of electricity consumers, we are sitting on lawn chairs on a railroad track with an electric train approaching us. Uh, a shit ton more increase in electricity usage and demand is coming our way that we aren't prepared for. Why? I'm going to continue reading the quote. So because we've detached planning from electrical generation and distribution, we have 50 different sets of cartels optimizing for short-term returns uh, on the spot market. The various electrical shit shows in California and Texas are like failed state levels of dysfunction. North of New York City, electrical supply rates are up 50% because we turned off a massive reactor complex and replaced it with volatile natural gas. We're decommissioning nuclear at a point in time just before we need it. Environmentalists were bought by gas extraction people and Wall Street accounting is very bad at dealing with capital assets with 50 to 100 year life cycles. Uh, yeah, so there's more to it. Uh, there's a lot of interesting discussion in there. Try and find sources and things. This, co this quote doesn't have any sources other than, like, I assume if I were to go dig into the NYC one, I would like to believe there would be things to back that up. Uh, but we talk about, you know, the risk of nuclear can be mitigated in many, many, many ways. And while the waste it produces is a very long-term and dangerous problem, the order of the the amount of waste compared to every other energy producing thing we know of, outside of like the renewables, but they have volatility problems, is an order multiple orders of magnitude less than oil, gas, it's coal, etc. Yeah, we're we're doing the equation of what is harder to deal with, some tubs of nuclear waste or uh climate change. And at this point, it, it, it the decision is clear like i love renewables wind and solar geothermal is even better uh i'm all about that shit renewables would not have solved texas's uh blizzard this year or the one before or the heat issue like the power grid fails because texas now is so in 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 renewables actually which sounds like counterintuitive so there the thing that always gets brought up around renewables is uh the grid right so the grid is technically independent or decoupled from the energy producing things because as soon as you have multiple ways of producing energy, your grid by default has to deal with ups and downs. And this is also true just by the state of 
weather, demand and pull onto the grid, regardless of how you're getting your... You could have nuclear power plants in Texas, and the grid still would fail based on what's going on there. We're talking about actual solutions to the actual problem, where, as you, like the article said, it's really a bunch of different cartels of energy producers, mostly fossil fuel companies, who are uh, just trying to get rich. And if you propose, oh, we need some kind of national collaborative energy policy, it's like, oh, so you're a communist. And I say, yes, we see what happens when everyone just goes out wild west. I'll hook my plug into this to the highest bidder. Like, are you in a situation to negotiate for best price when you're in the middle of a blizzard? Are you in the best situation to negotiate for best price when you already have cancer? Like, it's kind of like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you end up in a desperate situation, this whole capitalism free market nonsense is exposed as absolute nonsense like it is you gotta plan this internet should be a planned public resource thing where we okay these people need to be put online it's not going to be profitable but they do need it these people need to run their fucking heater and it's not going to be profitable but they need heat to live so we're going to do that because we give a shit about our citizenry because we are not uh like bp or whoever we <laughs> are the american electric blah, 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 something boring <laughs> Uh, this has been the end of Headlines. This is the first time I've done it. Uh, let us know what you think about it. Uh, I'm going to be collecting stuff for the next two weeks. Folks in our Discord, feel free to throw links and such, and I'll see about putting them in. I like that a lot. I hope you. I hope. <laughs> I hope listeners, you do as well. Uh, by the way, if you're a Patreon, a, a Patreon. If you're a patron and you like comment on the episode with stuff, first of all, we like, we will read it, and that's a, a great place to be. Like, here is my more important feedback. <laughs> here is my more important important feedback. Uh, I guess like, is there are there comment sections under any of our other like podcast locate? Like, you can't leave a comment on Apple Music, right? No, uh, I don't know if Podbean supports it or not, but uh, I have not missed one yet, thanks to software. And engineering and open source tools especially such as ffmpeg i uh, upload our stuff to youtube and that could at least serve as a comment section until we figure out something better and if you want to just email us directly it is last minute politics podcast last minute politics podcast at gmail.com it's all one word no underscores or anything so I have one le- I have one topic left, but it's like a huge topic. But I also said half the stuff I wanted to say when talking about the uh, Canadian protests because it's yet another international issue that I do not trust the U.S. official narrative on. We talked about Ukraine last time, right? Yeah. Uh, what did I see? In one of the chats I was in, I was out doing something, and I see a message blip up that says, "Is is this Biden doing a march for war speech?" <laughs> We look, we got to go back to our old playbook. We got to go destabilize some country for money. Well, for someone else's money. We're talking about fossil fuel companies. Uh, A big crux of this Ukraine conflict is about natural gas. It's about NATO. It's about Russia's interest versus US's interest, which again, I do not consider current day. I'm not an idiot. I don't think current day Russia just is the USSR, but with Putin in charge, Putin, kind of an asshole. Capitalist interests, ruling class, a lot like the US. Uh, my main, the point that I, I want Ukrainians to run Ukraine, much like I want Americans to run America. I don't think either is currently happening at the moment. Like our vote, our, the will of the American people, uh, as it court, as it, uh, what is it correlates to policy? It just doesn't exist. There is no like direct correlation between, oh, Americans want this and the policy followed that. However, there is a correlation between corporate interests wanted this 
And uh, here is the policy that was passed. <laughs> I cannot listen to Biden talk about how off oh, fucking Russia's going to get in the Ukraine any day now. We have to keep beefing up. The They're being so aggressive. You realize that the U.S. has, uh, has literally, it literally surrounds the entire border of Russia, has weapons, missiles, troops, and they're just there all the time. 365. But that is not seen as, like, aggression? But then if Russia puts troops somewhere that is aggression, I'm not happy with either. But, but like... Think about these things. Try to have some kind of coherent ideology. Read a fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> you mean join us for Bible study? Are you are you okay with imperialism as long as it's your team doing it? I'm not. <laughs> Lenin talks about, he uses the word social chauvinism all the time. The support of one owning class versus another. If I supported Russia's ruling class over America, that would be the same thing it'd be weirder it'd be a kind of a reactionary thing and that's what i keep hearing on geez i got fucking blown up by a bunch of people i don't know on twitter who are like oh because i said oh the u.s what was my tweet it's like oh yeah uh, everyone agrees that when the u.s fucks around in the middle east for uh oil stuff that's bad and we shouldn't do it but if you fuck around in ukraine for oil stuff suddenly that's like good and spreading freedom the only way that can make any sense to you is if you believe that the U.S. is going into Ukraine to do positive things. Oh, they latched onto me saying Ukraine invasion. Oh, there is no Ukraine invasion. What are you mad? You're you're a crazy person talking about the U.S. going into Ukraine. Like the like facts. Anything the, short we, of, we know it's le it's already there. Like it's not even. There, we're waiting for it to come out. And like there's it. It's not like Iraq where we're going like, hey. You said there's WMDs and everyone else says, actually, we don't know yet. It's not even that. It's we already know we're there. <laughs> the CIA has been proven to be in the Ukraine training neo-Nazis as they're like freedom fighters. You know, the same kind of shit we do in every country that we kind of want to destabilize. And it's really funny to see that supposed leftists on the Internet, if the Canadian trucker protest has a single swastika, the entire protest is Nazis. If the Ukrainian army has a big chunk of Nazis, that's just how freedom works, baby. Gotta work with, <laughs> gotta work with who you gotta work with. It's like, what the... F Coherent ideology. Read a fucking book. Stop learning socialism from Destiny Vaushen. Hassan Piker and like learn it from Marx. <laughs> if you can twist yourself into the ideological backbend that makes it okay for the U.S. to go into Ukraine and do whatever it wants to protect its corporate interest because that's spreading freedom, but if the U.S. goes into uh, Iraq, uh, Iraq, I was you know when I say things wrong, uh, that's bad and we're all embarrassed and like anyone who voted for that should be shamed forever in Congress and the Senate uh, because they supported the Iraq War. But we're just all going to go along with the Ukraine thing now. Well, it's different because they want us to be there and they look more like us. And like just it, it's effortless to trot it out. If I were to read this in earnest of someone who isn't contradicting their own internal morals or views on the thing, it's Russia already has been doing, you know, there's the whole Crimea thing. There's a lot of stuff that they do. You know, it's it's pro it's factually I believe it was proven to be. I think it's the all but proven true that uh, Russian forces have assassinated people in other sovereign states, soil, and like that didn't oh, cause definitely. a conflict. Holy shit! The British guy, the other yes, just uh, the other year. So like, again, I'm not gonna defend Russia or anything like that. But you have these; those are the bits that are selected in American media. So when you have this as your through line 
in terms of talking about Russia and all the propaganda around that, Russia putting more forces up against Ukraine, of course the gut reaction is, well, but this is different. and Because Russia is bad. <laughs> like you would never even get a Russia is bad out of any of the people I'd bring this up with because they're... they're uh, how do I even phrase this? Like, I'm trying to phrase how I understand how some people think. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to understand the person that thinks we should be there and isn't just Russia bad and isn't on the side of corporations. Because if you're following what American media has been telling you, and there's a shit ton of articles to back it, like, it's to me, it's not hard to make a plausible case of, well, maybe we should be there. Yeah, they'll say that, oh, the Ukrainians are going to get fucked up by Russians and we got to go in to stop that from happening. Like, Russia's going to come in and just start killing everybody. And that we're being asked for it and that there's interest yeah. in it. Like, all of the propaganda has, in this case to me, a lot more basis in plausibility and things that in isolation are true, but the conclusions, the broad strokes, are being drawn in the interest of the ruling class, as we're all aware. Did you know that... Did you know that Crimea like had a vote on whether or not it would secede and rejoin, become, go under the control of the Russian Federation? Like they had a, a vote and they voted overwhelmingly to do that. Oh. And Americans will just tell you, oh, that doesn't count for X, Y, and Z reasons. Meanwhile, saying that Joe Biden was legitimately elected the president. And I do believe he was. He's like, yeah, we voted for Biden. Biden won the election. But look at our electoral system. How many people voted for it? Because they'll be like, yeah. oh, well, you see... Oh, X, Y, Z reasons why that Ukrainian vote didn't count. And they are all things that happen in American elections every <laughs> single time to like a bigger degree. Yeah, <laughs> so like it could very well be true about? that we should be suspect of the Crimea vote. Like, I'm not going to necessarily discount that, but God damn it, turn that lens to us and then go, oh. They'll say, oh, they voted that way because they were scared that if they didn't vote that way, Russia was just going to come up and, and blow them up anyway. How is that any different from we got to vote for Biden over, <laughs> we gotta vote Democrat. over Bernie Sanders? Oh, that was the same fucking <laughs> argument there. Are you kidding me? And now look where we're at. <laughs> the, the Democrats have a gun to your head. And if you don't vote for him, it's going to be the Republicans with the gun to your head. It's like, can't we remove the gun from my head, please? <laughs> no. Also pay us. Bullets are expensive. Well, Frank, I am hitting my hard time limit, so we like we gotta stop today. I wish we had. There, I wish there were conclusions to any of this, but that's kind of the point I'm making. There are no black and white easy conclusions to any of this. Question your state narrative. If the CIA tells us tells you that something is a fact, uh, be highly critical of. Their whole say. job is to masquerade and do what they want to make people believe what they want them to believe. Like that's their job. All right, we have been last minute politics. I am Pepper. I am Dragor. Bye! Bye.